Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Welcome to Salt and Light. Uh, I am so excited about today's broadcast. We have a very special guest with us here today, uh, Pastor John Whalen. Um, he has uh, been a fairly new friend of mine, and ha him and his wife Ginger have been attending Temple Baptist uh, for, I guess it's been, what, six, seven months now, yes, and uh, had a chance to get to know him uh, better uh, each week, really. And uh, Brother John, welcome to Salt and Light. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be part of the broadcast today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us, not only today, but every day. Well, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about today is uh, our desire is to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And the Bible yes, says that he is coming. Jesus is coming back to be glorified in his saints. And we're going to be talking about your personal testimony. And, you know, when we, folks, when we, when we talk about what Jesus has done for us, it's an amazing thing to be able to share our testimony. And it's a, even a better thing to have a testimony. And, yes, you sir. know, when people start sharing their testimonies, Brother John, I'm always, I always take a little trip down memory lane, and it always reminds me because there's everyone comes to Christ in a little bit different way. We all have very unique testimonies. I said this from the pulpit here a few weeks ago. There are many, many roads that, to get to Jesus, right. but uh, rest assured that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. The only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ, but all the different ways, backgrounds, the ways that God works in our life, they are so unique, so much variety, and yet the spiritual things, the, the things that matter the most, we can relate to one another because they're so, they're so the same the way that God works. The Holy Spirit convicts. He shows us things that we need to see from, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then by the grace of God, when we repent, when we respond and believe, ask the Lord to save us, that change that comes in. It's just, once again, so many different circumstances, but so many similarities. And so uh, I would like for our listeners to get acquainted with John Whalen today. And, uh, and as I know that you know and you desire that in getting acquainted with what Christ has done for you, Hopefully, some people listening will get acquainted with our Savior, yes, sir. Jesus yes, sir. Christ. So, uh, let me just uh, hand the baton to you and uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background, and uh, let's start leading into how you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Of course, I was born and raised in um, southeast Missouri. Um, out in, as I tell people, I was born in the wilderness. Uh, when I was a child growing up, um, my nearest neighbor, our nearest neighbor was two miles away. So we, we, we were kind of out there where uh, only God lived, it seemed like. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it, was, it, was a, it was fantastic. We were just poor people and, but, uh, and had nothing to do with God back in those days. Uh, we was, the whole general area didn't really, somewhat religious maybe, but no real God. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, I think it can be said about most anywhere, anytime, that most people don't, uh, most areas, we, we got the form of God, but no, no power. Yeah. But uh, even in the, some of the local churches, and there was very few of them, um, it was a ritual, not a relationship. There's a difference between being religious and being born again. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. The uh, first time I ever attended church, I was seven years old. And I I remember that because I went to my dad's funeral. And we went to the the church that the service was in, did not even believe in the gospel. But I, I can remember going there that day and going through that. At that time, well, I guess still is, that's a tragic time. Anytime anybody goes through that, especially as a child. Uh, but God used that tragedy in order to be able to begin conditioning my heart to get me to become what he wanted me to be. Of course, after, uh, after my dad died, uh, mom raised four kids by herself. I have an older sister and a younger brother and a younger sister who's um, still now all live, still live in Missouri. But... Uh, Life was tough thereafter, but uh, God was faithful. Even when we didn't know who he was, even didn't have any time for him, God was still faithful to us and looked after us and cared for us and, and, and helped us. And uh, it just, it's just amazing to me how that God uh, took care of me. Um, most people could care less about us. We are just the poor people out on the ridge. And, you know, nobody really looked after us or had anything to do with us that much. But, uh, but God still had his eye on us. He still looked after me, still cared for us, and brought us around in our life to where that we could um, have an opportunity to be saved. Um, I'm going to guess I was 10, 12 years old or so, and uh, we visited a church some, but, uh, again, we wasn't doing a whole lot there. Uh, well, we'd go for Sunday school and leave. Didn't want to get too serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that for several years, even after I had gotten saved. But uh, nobody in my family was saved. Nobody knew what it was like to go to church. Now, was this your mama taking you to to Sunday school with your um, sisters and brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, we uh, should we go over there once in a while, and uh, uh, you, you know, we, we were just kind of normal people. If it's um, Christmas. We try to go over there a couple weeks before Christmas to see if we can get in on the on the free line, or if it's Easter we'd go sometime. But we didn't. Mm-hmm. It was never had anything to do with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But uh, He was doing something for us even when we didn't realize what was going on. You know, and I think that's an amazing truth. Um, a lot of times, and, and I'm sure we've got listeners that are in this category. We don't always recognize the things that God does for us until we look back on them. You know, when, and I know that here after the break, you're going to tell how uh, you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, but uh, I, I really appreciate what you're saying, looking back and saying that, hey, I'm in a, I'm in a home, I'm in a family where God's not in our family. And it sounds to me like that your, your mom raising you and your siblings, uh, she, she must have realized that she needed something. She needed help. She was uh, no doubt searching for something. Uh, and so uh, trying to do something, but just not knowing what to do. Yes, sir. I think there's people all around that know that, hey, I need something, 
but they just don't know what they need. They don't know how to get there. They, they need some guidance. They need some direction. And I know the Holy Spirit is always trying to give us guidance and direction and put people in our life. And that's why it's so important that we share our testimony. That's so important that we witness to other people and tell them about Jesus Christ, because just like the that uh, Ethiopian on um, that Philip, the evangelist, uh, he said, understand us what thou readest. And that Ethiopian said, how can I accept some man should guide me? This man was searching. He knew he had a need. Philip had the answer, but God had to put them together. So I'm really looking forward to after the break where we can hear how God brought you and the gospel together. And uh, here, this many years later, you've been preaching the gospel yourself. So folks, stay tuned. After the break, we're going to hear a little bit more about the testimony of salvation from Brother John Whalen. So uh, hang tight. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back. We are talking to Brother John Whalen, talking about how he came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior, uh, grew up in southeast Missouri, probably not too far from Arkansas. Correct. So still certainly in the southern culture, um, like what we're familiar with, and uh, uh, raised uh, up there on the ridge, uh, didn't have a whole lot of influence of God in your home or your life. Your daddy passed away when you were seven, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And your mom's raising you, and uh, you said one brother and two sisters. Correct. And uh, trying to trying to find her way how to get these young ones raised. And so I'm gonna let you continue to tell the story of how God worked in all of that and uh, brought you to a saving knowledge of Him. We, of course, um, as we were. Growing up, uh, God was never in our in the picture in our lives. The Lord just never, we never had time for him, even though he had all the time and eternity for us. Uh, my mother, as a child, was uh, influenced by her grandmother, who was a, a godly woman, I have been told. Um, my mother was an illegitimate child, and because she had that stain upon her, so to speak, amongst the people who knew that, uh, nobody had a whole lot to do with us, but uh, mom just kept uh, pushing on and struggling, and, and we, by the mercy of God, we made it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my older sister uh, got married, uh, married a man who um, was going to church, and then she got saved, and then it was in, it was in um, Actually, I guess in probably in March of '73, she of 1973, she invited me to go to church with them one night for a revival meeting, and uh, so I, I thought, well, why not? So I went up there, and uh, and a man was preaching. His name is Brother Clifford Rice, out of out of a place called Campbell, Missouri. Come in and uh, preach the truth out of the Word of God. I'd never heard it before. And I can't tell you the message that he preached, but I know that he preached the gospel. And he told me that if I never got, if I didn't ask Jesus to save me, I would die without Christ and I'd go to a devil's hell. I would endure the punishment of hell for eternity. Well, I never have claimed to be the brightest bulb on the string. <laughs> but even I knew that I didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I sat there that night in that pew and, uh, it was April 2nd that night, and I sat there in that pew, and I thought, I need to do that. 
But I did like so many people do. I let fear. I let pride. I let the devil. I let myself talk me out of getting saved. And I walked away from, from the church that night, but also walked away from God. But I'm so thankful he didn't walk away from me. Amen. I went home that evening, uh, miserable, scared to death. Got up the next morning, rode the bus to school. Every time we passed a car, I would think, oh, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't hit us, don't hit us. <laughs> if you hit us, I'm going to die, and I'm not going to go to heaven. And I, uh, um, everything happened that day. I looked at it from a perspective of I could die today. Now, the day before, I was acting stupid. I mean, I was 17 years old. Uh, I was just stupid. I didn't have any. I had the world by the tail, I thought. And I could do anything, and nothing was going to happen to me. And I can remember we had a flight of steps in the school. Uh, we'd all walk up there, and we'd take our books and throw them down the stairs. And then we'd jump down the stairs. Take our books up, go on to class. <laughs> um, that's, uh, anyhow, I walked. I can remember walking up them stairs that day, and started throwing my books down them steps. And I thought, no. If I jump and I don't land right and I break my neck, I'm gonna <laughs> die and go to hell. I tuck my books tied up under my arm, and I walked to the side and I grabbed hold of the handrail and I went down one step at a time, begging God not to let me die. Wow. And. I was miserable all day, scared to death all day. I didn't know that I could ask Jesus to save me then. You thought you had to wait and be in church. I thought I had to be in church to get saved. I didn't know I could get saved somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, went home at night, and I told my mother, I said, I'm going back to church tonight. She said, well, okay, I'll go with you. Me and the rest, everybody else will all go. So we all got a little bit to eat for supper and uh, got cleaned up a little bit and got in the car and drove probably... 20 miles to go to church. And uh, I wanted God to save me, but I didn't know how to get him to do that. I didn't know to ask him to do that. I didn't know to repent of my sins. I didn't know anything. But I knew I wanted to get saved. I knew that I wanted him to do something for me that because I'm missing something. And I wanted to see God do something. So it was a Baptist church. So we sit in the back. <laughs> That's what Baptists do. <laughs> you got in a Baptist church. You got to get to church early so you can get the front parking spot and the back seat. But uh, but I positioned myself to where that I sat on the end of the pew because I didn't want any hindrance on me getting out. I didn't want to have to crawl over anybody, or I just wanted I want I didn't want them to sing one song. I didn't want them to preach. I didn't want him to do nothing. I just wanted the man to get up and say, come get saved. But he got up at night and he preached. And I'm thinking the whole time, hurry. I need to get saved. Hurry up. I need to get saved. Praise the Lord. And then when they gave an invitation, the devil showed up again. And I sat there on the end of that pew. I tried to get at my feet to move, to step out in that aisle. And I couldn't do it. I can remember bowing my head that night, and I'm saying, God, I want to get saved. But I can't do this. 
would you send someone to help me? Friend of mine sitting on the on the other side of the church on the very front row left his seat, walked all the way down the aisle, walked. I thought he was coming to me, and he walked all the way past me. Uh, I about died. I thought, that's my only hope, man, and he walked right on past me. He walked to the back of the building, turned around, walked back up to me, and he said, John, listen, he said, man, I, I, I don't want to be out of the way, but I just want to know, would you like to go get saved tonight? I said, yes, I would. He said, now, you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> and I said, I want to. He said, you know, I, I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> Try to and, talk you out of it. And, and he was, he did. He tried to talk me out of it. Not, not intentionally. He's just trying to be polite and not <laughs> and, pressure you. And, and finally, he said, uh, I said, I stopped him. I said, Keith, I want to get saved. And he said, you do? <laughs> And uh, I, I'm laughing because I, as a preacher, I have done that with people before. You, would you like to get saved? And they say yes, and it's just, you're so in shock, and it's hard to believe. And you, right, you, yeah. And he was a young man, and he was uh, he was learning, didn't know didn't know a lot. I'll say at that time. So he and I walked forward, and uh, knelt beside the pulpit. And later on, Keith told me he said I had no idea what I was doing. He said, I didn't even bring a Bible to church with me. He said, I didn't know how to tell somebody how to be saved. He said, I, uh, the, the preacher said, he said, I told him he needs to get saved. He said, the preacher reached out from the pulpit and handed me his Bible and told me the verses to go to. And he said, I, I, he, he said, the preacher said, turn to this verse and read it to him. Turn to this verse and read it to him. Turn to this verse and read it to it. And he did, and uh, I asked Jesus to save me that He night. wanted John to have a part in leading you to Christ. Keith. Keith, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And uh, I asked Jesus to save me that night. And the weight of the world disappeared. God made such a difference in my heart and in my life. Amen. And I am... Um, I remember that night, they, they sang the song, I have decided to follow Jesus for an invitation song. Now, to me, it sounded like they sang it for a million times. But um, it was he was uh, out there, and the Lord just working in my heart, my life. And, and I have a friend that says, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But the peace of God that passes all understanding when you really, truly get saved is just amazing. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm sitting there. The day before, I was tough. I sat standing there crying like a baby tonight mm -hmm. because what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care what anybody else thought about me anymore because I've decided to follow Jesus. Amen. I want to do what God wants done. I didn't know what that meant. And, uh, but I can remember getting up, and uh, I was going to go back to my seat. They said, no, sit on the front row. I sat down there, and it didn't take just a little bit. The invitation was finished. There was 19 people got saved that night. Wow. Now, I was one of them. My younger sister was one of them, and my brother was one of them. My mother said that she rededicated her life to the Lord. 
but mom didn't get saved until 1991 because mm-hmm. she was confused. She was trusting in what somebody else had said or someone else had did other than trusting in the Lord. She thought she was saved, and so that's what clouded her understanding. God, yes. God was working in her heart, but she just was drawing the wrong conclusions. Yes, yes. Yeah, that happens. Yes. And uh, God just changed my life. I can remember walking outside that night, looking up at the stars. They'd never been that bright before. Things had never looked so good before. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I have a different vision of things. Now i got the same eyes, the same physical vision, but I could see things differently. I could see that how much that God loved me and how that God took care of me and God was caring for me. And they, even in those days, I didn't really fully understand the things that um, God had done. I still don't fully understand the things that God has done mm-hmm. and that he is doing, but God just, just working and, and made a difference in my life, changed my life all the way around. Well, when we get born again, folks, uh, God becomes real. And it's not so we don't necessarily hear him audibly, but that peace of God that comes into our heart, that changed life, you know, all of a sudden now we are conscious, we are aware of God, his existence, that he's present in our life and he's working very powerfully. You know, folks, the Bible says in Romans chapter number eight, it says if uh, that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so there's an invisible hand in the life of a believer where we see God leading. He's leading us away from sin. He's leading us into righteousness. He's leading us away from turmoil and into peace. That doesn't mean that we won't have some suffering and some trials and troubles and so forth, but uh, his presence will always be real and it'll always be felt. We'll say more about this after the break. All right, welcome back to Salt and Light. If you are just now tuning in, You have been missing a blessing. We are here with Brother John Whalen. He has just, uh, in the previous two segments, shared his salvation experience, how he came to trust Jesus Christ as his Savior. If you missed out on that, I want to encourage you to go to WSIC's website, or you can go to templebaptistnc.com, and uh, you can click on the Salt and Light link, and you can listen to this in its entirety. And I would encourage you to do, do so. Uh, if you have access to Facebook, you can also uh, watch this broadcast live stream. We certainly appreciate all of our live stream viewers as well. Well, Brother John, you came to Jesus Christ, and uh, an amazing story how that uh, just in God and his uh, sovereignty and his providence brought you to a place where you heard the gospel message, uh, you know, circumstances from what you describe in your life that uh, that just would not have been uh, a normal thing. God uh, had to use your sister to invite you to this meeting. You, you came and you listened to the gospel. You didn't get saved, but you came back the next night, right. and all that's part of the process. And, you know, my testimony is almost similar other than all this happened to me when I was just a five-year-old boy and uh, I don't remember because I was five I don't remember the vivid um, conviction that you described of being afraid of dying and going to hell and all that Uh, I just uh, I remembered that uh, I wanted to go back the next night and hear and that God was doing something in my heart and I didn't understand it I'm just a five-year-old boy but fortunately I had a godly grandmother that she had um, you know if you've ever been through conviction and been through this whole process you can you can recognize it a hundred yards away sure 
You can just see those, the countenance, and it's hard to describe the feeling of conviction, but if you've ever been through it, you don't, somebody doesn't have to describe it. It's just, it's God working. And I had a grandmother that recognized that God was working. She said to my mom, uh, my mom wasn't going to take me back to the the revival meeting, um, or excuse me, it was actually an evangelistic crusade. She wasn't planning on going back, but I was asking to go. And my grandmother said, uh, said, uh, Darlene, you need to take him. And so praise the Lord, she took Amen. me and I got saved. And, you know, I, I could have had other opportunities later on in life. I, I just don't know. None of us know that. I, I would tend to think I probably would have. I don't think that God's going to uh, you know, put it on a five-year-old boy that, hey, this is your final offer. <laughs> right. But I, I am thankful that I responded as a sure. tender-hearted five-year-old boy, because who knows, um, I might not have later on. And so I'm very thankful for that. So I know that that uh, you trust in Christ as your Savior, experiencing the peace of God, the change in your life. I know that your testimony didn't end there. And so Tell us more about um, all that God has done in your life. Um, the night I got saved, of course, was April 3rd, 1973. I know that because an older man in the church came up to me that night and he said, uh, boy, you got a Bible? I said, as a matter of fact, I do. Because I'd bought one because I was trying to, I guess I was actually looking for God and didn't know it. He said, uh, well, go home, write today's date down in that Bible. He said, today is April 3rd, 1970. He said, write that down, that Bible. He said, because as soon as you get out of bed in the morning, the devil's going to come to you and say, you didn't get saved last night. He said, as long as you live, the devil's going to come to you and tell you, you didn't get saved. And every time he comes and tells you, you go get that Bible. You open it up and you show him right there. That's the day Jesus saved me. I know I'm saved because on that day, Mm-hmm. He said, "You're going to have some pretty rough days in your life that you ain't go that you're not going to do good. You're not going to be right." He said, "But you can always go back to this date. This is when Jesus saved you." And uh, so I went home. I wrote it down. I still have the Bible. It's still got the date written down in it uh, because God did something for me that night. And uh, again, I can remember going to school the next day. Now, I, the story I'm going to tell, I heard years and years later. But uh, I went to school the next day, of course. I'm the, I'm the kid that failed English class because I wouldn't give an oral report because I, I didn't talk to people. Uh, I went to school the next day, and the, on, the talk of the school was John Whalen got saved last night. Really? Yeah, I mean, everybody, I mean, I walked in my first hour of class, and the somebody said, Do you know that John got saved last night? Well, I, I was introverted and backwards, and I was scared to breathe almost. And, and I can remember that teacher being belligerent against, he don't even know what that means. He There ain't no God and all this other kind of stuff. And uh, one of the young ladies there who had, who had been in church, uh, she stood up, and she was really ugly to that man. Uh, but I knew Jesus had saved me. And... Uh, I began to grow in the Lord. It took me a while. But years later, the story it's going to tell was years later, uh, uh, my PE coach, when I was in high school, he, he got right with God, and he was in church, and I was talking to him one day, and he said, you remember that day you got saved? I said, yes, sir. 
he said, I was going to smash your face that day. So what? He said, that morning after you got saved, he said, you were walking down the hallway. He said, no. He said, I had not talked to anybody that day. He said, but when I saw you, I knew you got saved last night. Because God said I, you did. He said, I was saved, but I was out of the will of God. He said, I was living wicked. But when I saw you, God beat me up because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. And uh, God is just using me, has used me since then. You didn't even know he was using you. No. You just, I, I, this this I, man just saw the, the change in your countenance and had heard that you'd been saved, and that brought him under conviction. Well, he hadn't even heard yet that I had gotten saved. Oh, he just recognized. Just, he just, yes, okay. knew, and knew he wasn't right with God. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit of God working yes, in, sir. inside of him. Wow. And, uh, it, it was amazing. And, of course, uh, finished out high school, tried to live for the Lord. Uh, when I had gotten saved and uh, been been saved for several weeks, and I noticed that all the teenagers were sitting in a, in a group at church. I thought, well, maybe that's where I need to sit. So I went over there one Sunday morning, sat with them. Because I normally sit, uh, I used to always sit on the front row at church. Because I'm pretty simple-minded, and I get distracted. If I sit in the back, I watch what everybody else is doing, don't listen to what the preacher's saying. <laughs> Maybe that's why so many people like sitting in the back. <laughs> they like, they, they're looking for a distraction. But, uh, and I've, I always sit in the front, or at least closer, closer to the front. And uh, I went and sat the teenagers that day, and the... Uh, Lack of godliness that was going on in there. I th the notes, the talking, the carrying on, the foolish acting, carrying on. I thought, man, this isn't for me. Jesus saved me from my sin. I'm on my way to heaven. He deserves better than that from me. And I, I decided, I just said, okay, I'm going to. I sat there one service. I went back up to my spot on the front. Just stayed, stayed up there. Kept reading my Bible. Kept studying. And I hear people all the time say, I read it, but I don't understand it. Well, me too. I still read it. I still yeah. don't understand all of it. But uh, God just keeps working. He's making a difference. And then uh, graduated high school, worked there for around for a while. Matter of fact, I physically, I helped build the church building. And uh, spiritually, I helped build the church building by winning souls to the Lord, running bus routes, working Sunday schools. And uh, I'm just... Nobody letting God use them. Is this the same church that you went to where you got saved? Yes, sir. Okay. So this is 20 miles away then from where you were living. Yes. Okay. Wow. I mean, for us to go to church is a 40-mile a, a round trip. Yeah. So, I mean. It wasn't a matter of convenience. It was a matter of conviction. Yes, there had to be. that I needed. I need to serve the Lord. And I've always... I'd, I've always wanted to give God the very best that I have. I don't understand that other than it's just the Lord. He's just the one that's making a difference for us. Mm -hmm. yeah, I just have uh, always tried to be in his house every time I can be. Yeah, so you're, you're serving uh, in a bus ministry, trying to lead people to Christ, helping build the church. How did you end up being in the ministry? Uh, you've been, I know that you've been preaching for, what, 
40 years. 40 years or more. And so uh, how did that how did that happen? A lot of people don't understand how people end up being preachers. I am. Um, got out of high school, wound up, spent four years in, in the Air Force, um, got out of there, moved back home, and was uh, my, my little sister had actually gotten a job, a, a scholarship to go to the local college. And I thought, hey, if she can go to school, so can I. So I, I was working part-time, going to school full-time. And then I got a, a toward the, right as I graduated, this little two-year community college, right as I graduated, the job that I had, they closed the, bu- the business up. So I didn't have a job. Well, I need to find something to do. My older sister and her husband, who he had surrendered to preach and was in Oklahoma City at Oklahoma Baptist College, they come in to visit, for, and they said, uh, we're going to leave our girls here for two weeks. Why don't you come to Oklahoma for two weeks? You ain't doing nothing else anyhow. Okay. So I went to Oklahoma City for two weeks. And uh, I got out there on a Monday morning, probably at 3 o'clock in the morning, time we drove all night to get there. And uh, he uh, came, came in on Tuesday, and he said, uh, you want a job? Start Friday if you want a job. Well, I don't have a job. I need a job. I'll take a job. So then as I was in Oklahoma City there, I was, went to work. And, of course, was in church there. And wasn't long after that that I got involved in the bus ministry there as well. And uh, God, through that, through someone that I met, a young lady I met on the bus minist- in the bus ministry, she was a college student, uh, God worked through her to call me in to, pre- to preach. It's a, a kind of a long, complicated story that I'll hear in a little bit. Maybe I can get a chance to finish it. But uh, God just works in mysterious ways sometimes. But you just got to be willing to listen, to look, to listen, I guess, to want to do something for the Lord Yeah. and to see God work. Yeah, well, that's the way that I, that, that's the way that I teach. I mean, my call to preach was, I didn't know God was calling me to preach. I just knew that God was calling me to surrender my life to him. And so once I surrendered to him, I told the Lord, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to right. do. And I didn't know it. I didn't understand it. But I told the Lord, look, you open the door and I'll walk through it. And that's sure. the way I, when I got right with the Lord back in 1986, I started living my life that way, and uh, that's how I can relate to the Apostle Paul when he said that God counted me faithful in that he put me, putting me into the ministry. Right. And so God, God did it with his hand, but I had to be willing to follow. And so uh, we're getting ready to take a break here, and after the break, let's, uh, I'd like to hear about uh, how that God worked through this young lady to bring you into a call to preach. All right, folks, they say time flies when you're having fun, and we have been having a good time here today hearing the testimony of Brother John Whalen. Uh, Brother John, you, uh, in, in your story here, you're a young man, you're living, you're out of the Air Force, you're living and working in Oklahoma, working at Oklahoma Baptist College. I know uh, Brother Jim Vineyard, right. that was his ministry, big bus ministry, well-known man of God. Uh, and so you're there working, and you mentioned that you met a young lady, and uh, so that somehow this young lady had something to do with your call to preach. And I know that uh, we've got uh, 10 or 11, almost 12 minutes left, 
and uh, it might be difficult to tell the whole story, but uh, I, I'm excited. I want to hear a little bit about this story, so uh, continue on. Yes, sir. The Lord, I mean, he, he, often we don't understand what he's doing. Well, I never understand what, but, it, but he, he puts things together so miraculously. It's just unreal. But I had met uh, this young lady on the uh, bus route, and we'd become friends. And uh, in January of 83, my uh, grandmother had passed away. Uh, my daddy's mama, I had received a small inheritance. And that summer, I was um, talking to some people, and I, I went to get some counsel about, should our relationship continue, or do I need to stop? And they gave me some positive, encouraging counsel. And uh, so I went back, and, and I sat down in, in the library in the college. And I'm sitting there at a the table, and I'm, I'm got my Bible out. I'm praying. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue with her for the rest of my life? Do you want me to walk away now? What do you want me to do? Lord, show me what you want. And I looked up, and on the wall is a poster. It says, this is the way, walk ye in it. And I thought, well, even for me, that's pretty simple. So I had uh, left, uh, it was um, sometime in August, I'm going to say that happened. Uh, Labor Day that year, I left Oklahoma City, went back to Missouri uh, for a, a short vacation. And uh, I told my brother-in-law back in Missouri, I said, uh, man, you need to make a ride. So what's up? I said, uh, Let's go. And I, we got out in his, in his truck. And said, he said, what are we going to do? I said, where's that place you bought your wedding rings at? Oh, you're not, he said. And uh, I, so we all went up, and I bought my wedding, our engage, her engagement ring at the same place that my uh, younger sister got hers from. And uh, I said, now, this is what you need to do. I said, I can't explain this yet, but the thought that keeps coming to me is remember the October surprise. Now, most folk don't remember that statement anymore. That's when um, uh, Ronald Reagan was running for president in 1980, and they kept talking about the October surprise, which he was instrumental in getting the Iranian hostages released. But the October surprise, God said, do not ask her until October. It's okay. Pulled out my calendar. Hey, that'll work great, man. October 1st, Saturday night. It'll work. So I uh, left my, um, the rings and everything with my brother-in-law. I said, I want them the week before October 1st. I said, Saturday night, I'm going to ask her to marry me. And, uh, of course, as the week is it's, it's drawing up closer, man, I, I rush home every day to check the mailbox. It's a power bill, a water bill or something. Ain't, I'm thinking, what's up with you, man? No rings. No rings. <laughs> Came Saturday, and I was um, uh, on the uh, bus route visiting, called home. because I was, I was staying with my sister. Called home. Hey, the mail run yet? Yeah. Uh, is anything in there for me? You expecting something? No. Well, we, we didn't get email all day. I was, I, was, I was devastated. So what in the world? Lord, you said, wait. So I was um, uh, pretty discouraged and got up the next morning, was riding a Sunday school bus. She's on the Sunday school bus with me. 
I was, I was the driver. Uh, she's riding with it. She's one of the workers. And a, a friend of mine was standing up preaching. And uh, Brother Doug Adamson, who's in Canada, and uh, he, and I know God didn't work this way, but it's just like he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, that's what I want you to do. So, oh, Lord, you don't understand. I'm the bus driver. I can't do that. And uh, I argued with God, and I argued with God, and you'd think I would learn to quit doing that, but I still do that. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, all the way to church, God just beat me up, so to speak, about he wants me to preach. And I'm the guy that failed English class because I can't give an oral report. I can't do this. And I uh, got to church that morning. And uh, Brother Vineyard got up and he said, I've got a special treat today. Brother Joe Edwards is here from the uh, Oklahoma City Rescue Mission. Brother Joe Edwards was the director of what it was of the mission. He's a black man. He said, Brother Edwards, come sing a song for us. Brother Edwards got up and he sang a song. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Was he satisfied with me? Well, I knew he wasn't. Here, here I'm, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know what God wants me to do, and I can't do it. So, and I tell people, I believe that man sang that song a million times that morning. Because it seemed like every time I turned around, he's singing it. Hmm. It wasn't that. It was the Holy Spirit of God mm-hmm. knocking on my heart. Said, hey, come mm-hmm. on, come on. And finally, Sunday morning, church got over. We left took the bus route home, come back Sunday night. I'm sitting next to this young lady, and uh, that the rings are somewhere in the world, I guess, <laughs> unless he done sold them. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, went back to church that night. Brother Vineyard got up, and he said, it cost me a rack of ribs, but I got Brother Edwards to come back tonight. Come sing that song. <laughs> I thought, really? Thanks a lot. <laughs> The Holy Spirit's torturing you, <laughs> Anna. Because In a good way. The, the Holy, the Holy Spirit knows me. God knows me, and I'm sitting next to that young lady. And God said, "I want you to preach." Now, I'm again. I said earlier, I'm not the brightest bulb on the string, and I told God, "No, I refuse." I said, "You can kill me first. I'm not going to do that." And the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me, and He said, "I won't touch you." But that young lady you're sitting next to, she'll be dead before Friday. Mm. Time out. Let's, let's talk about this now. Because me, I didn't care about, but I loved her with my whole heart. Still love her with my whole heart. And I, uh, we uh, went through that service miserable. At that time, uh, she was living in the dorm, and I normally went over there on Sunday evenings and uh, spent a little bit of time with her and, I'm thinking, this this can't happen. This isn't right. I went over there that night. She said, what is wrong with you? So I lied to her. I said, I just don't feel good. And uh, I was there for a little while. I said, I think I'm just going to go on home. And I went home. And uh, God um, kept beating me up. Went to bed. Tossed, she turned, you tossed, she turned, you tossed, she turned. But I can remember at 2 o'clock that next morning, I got out of bed, got on my knees, and I said, Lord, I know you're perfect. I know that you're great. I know you've never made a mistake. But this is a mistake. 
I can't do this. And he just kept hitting my heart. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. I finally knelt, kneeled beside that bed. I told the Lord, I can't do this. But if this is what you want, I'll embarrass myself and I'll embarrass you because I can't do this. And God said, I know you can't do it. I don't want you to do it. I want you to let me work through you. Because if you do it by yourself, it comes to nothing. But if you will allow me to work through you, things can happen. And uh, I went back to bed, slept a couple hours, got up, went to, cut, went to school, and uh, talked to one of my teachers about it. I laid out in my first hour class, talked to him, went to my second hour class, who I just happened to have that second hour class with that little girl. I walked in the classroom that day and I said, uh, I need you to step out in the hallway. What's wrong? I just want to talk to you, man. Come on. And she stepped out in the hallway. I said, I want to tell you first. I surrendered to preach last night. She said, I've prayed all my life. God let me marry a preacher. Now, it didn't really click with me right at that moment, but I'm thinking, uh, I had to wait till October so God could answer her prayer. Because God knew me enough to know that if I would have done ask her to marry me, uh, I probably wouldn't have surrendered to preach. Mm. But uh, she, then God has, has used us ever since. Well, uh, that was on Monday on Tuesday, I think it was, the rings came in, and, and a few days later, I asked her to marry me. God's been using us ever since. Amen. Amen. It's just amazing how he works if we will allow him to. It's not my ability. It's not my anything about me. It's just my availability. If we just stand up and say, all right, Lord, this is what you want. Help me to do this. Whoever we are, God will help anybody do the impossible. I know so many people, though, that they're, they're counting 100% in themselves to make things happen. Well, I, I don't know how this is going to happen, so i got to help God. Anytime we try to help the Lord, we just get ourselves in trouble. And God, uh, yeah, you can do a form of godliness. You can do it in the power of the flesh, but God's not in it. Nothing ever happens. Amen. Amen. You know, we spent the last... Over 39 years now trying just to walk where God have us to go. Amen. You know, Brother John, and we're about out of time, but so often the human mind says, God, show me and I'll follow you. Right. And God doesn't work that way. God says, trust me, follow me, and I'll show you. Yes, sir. And we just have to trust him first. And folks, uh, listen. if you're listening here... We want to encourage you that the same that God, God's got a plan for you. And God's plan for all of us is that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to go to heaven and be with him for all of eternity. That's the first and foremost thing. Secondly, just follow the light that God gives you. He'll take care of it. He's a great God. Thank you for listening, folks. God bless you. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. 
He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust Him as your Savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon Him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.